0: of God? Do you have friendship with God? There's a song out there, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. And I've been thinking on this for a little while now, and there's really been a stream of people, leadership, teachers and preachers talking about and urging people into more relationship with God. You're hearing a lot right now about prayer, about intimacy, and that's all relationship with God. And there's different relationships that you have in life. And I think sometimes... In our relationship with God, we make it more difficult than it truly needs to be. How do you view your earthly friendships? How do you make a friend? How do you go deeper in that relationship with your friend, your new friend? How do you maintain the friendship? All of those questions, however you would answer them with your earthly friendships, that applies to having a deeper friendship with God or even maintaining your friendship with God. What does that look like? What does a friendship with God look like? I think we put that on a different level than we put our friendships human to human, so to speak. I think they look very similar. I think when you want more of a friendship with God, you have to pursue it. Just like when you want more of a friendship with someone down the street, your neighbor the person you work with. When you come across someone's path that you connect with, what do you do? You pursue that, you have more conversation with them, slowly it develops. Then you get phone numbers, nowadays you text a few times, you try to get together. And if there's a real connection, You don't let it just pass after one time of it not working out. And, you know, I thought it was interesting with, and I thought of Abraham, God called him friend. God basically said, you are my friend. Imagine God introducing you as his friend. When I introduce someone, or you're introduced to someone through someone else, when that takes place, when they say, this is my friend, we'll go with Lucy. This is my friend Lucy. What they're telling you is that this is someone I know. This is someone I trust. This is someone I believe in. This is someone I have spent time with versus like a business acquaintance. They don't tend to be introduced as a friend. They'll say something like, "I this is, this is Lucy, I work with Lucy. Or this is Lucy, she's a pastor at my church. This is Lucy, we went to school together. So there's a big difference there. When you're the person that's being introduced through the middleman to the other person, When they say it that way they're really just saying this is an acquaintance i don't really know them if you choose to connect with them you're doing it on your own versus this is my friend this is someone that i have spent time with you can't just tag a label of friendship on someone you have not spent time with and so that's the first thing The very first thing about being a friend with God is being in his presence. Now, that sounds intense, but it's not really. It's the same thing as being in the presence of your friend and going to the coffee shop. That's how you connect. You know that feeling when you haven't seen a friend in a while? and you get to reconnect with one another, you sit, you talk, you enjoy each other's company. That's what it's talking about when it's saying, be in God's presence. That's how friendship develops in his presence. Be a presence seeker of God. And that, I promise you, will lead to friendship. And even deeper. Even best friends, because there's these ranks, I guess, (laughs) you know, that first, first you've initially just met someone, then you're acquainted with them, then you have a friendship with them, then you're good friends, and then you're best of friends. You're going to do anything for each other because you have invested time in one another's lives. You have been in each other's presence for a significant amount of time. Your concerns have been their concerns. Their concerns have been your concerns. Will we be presence seekers, continually seeking the presence of God, pursuing Him? And actually, now that I think about it, last week I talked about pursuing Him brings provision. It brings those things we need through the friendship in him. Pursuit in friendship matters. I think I even mentioned this last week. You know, uh, you, you see sometimes in friendships and you're like, I'm the only one pursuing here. What's going on? Is this really a friendship? You know, maybe God has said that about us at times. I'm the only one pursuing. Maybe they're just not interested. Maybe they don't want to hang out with me. That's another way to relate to the presence of God. You know, instead of uh, putting it up here as, you know, be a presence seeker, uh, how about we just say, I'm going to go hang out with God? I'm going to go hang out with God. I'm going to be in his presence. I have to spend time with him. I am not fulfilled unless I spend time with him. That's a step to becoming a friend of God. When we introduce someone and we say, this is my friend, we really are paying them a very high compliment. We're saying, this is someone I know. This is someone I trust. And to me, there would be no greater honor than for God to say, this is my friend, Linda. For him to say, I know her and she knows me. Friendship is two way. It has to be two way. I have to be just as concerned about you as you are about me and you have to be just as concerned about me as you are about you. I have to invest, you have to invest. Goes back and forth. And so, can you call God your friend and does God call you his friend? I want to read a few uh proverbs scriptures about that. Uh the first one I'm, I'm going to I guess I'll go in sequence. Proverbs Let's start at Proverbs uh, 13. These are just friendship proverbs. If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. Our friends matter. Who we hang out with matters. Being in the presence of God matters. Proverbs 15, 13. A cheerful heart puts a smile on your face but a broken heart leads to depression lovers of god hunger after truth they hunger after truth lovers of god friends of god proverbs 18:24 and there's so many just google friendship with god in scriptures and proverbs there's a ton of them proverbs 18:24 and I'm reading all of this out of the amplified some friendships don't last for long but there is one loving friend who is joined to your heart closer than any other and that's jesus he's our friend how how do how do we know he wants relationship with us he wants friendship with us How do we know, how do we know that he's a, he's a, friendship seeker, I guess, you know, he's not, he's not, he created us for this. He's not desiring to be isolated. He's not desiring to be um, like a boss or a teacher, you know, where we just, we have a need, we go to them, They fin- they well, we have a complaint, we go to them and they direct us and then we go back to our work, or we go back to our learning. That's not what God's looking for in us. He's looking to be a presence seeker in everything. Go to John chapter 15. I want you to turn to John chapter 15 for a minute, right? This is the scripture that talks about I am the vine, you're the branches. You know, you connect, we connect. The branches that are connected to him are the ones that flourish. I'm way paraphrasing it, you know. He lifts up, you know, he prunes the branches so we grow more fruit, etc. So in John 15. I guess another thing of being a friend would be a true disciple. You know, the disciples were God's friends, Jesus's friends, God's friends too. But um, I'm just trying to decide which verse I wanna start at, excuse me, I think verse 12. And this is Jesus speaking. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. He's basically saying there, I'm about to be such an example of my love for you that I'm going to lay down my life for you as my friend. That's really what he's, he's given us insight here. He's talking about, he's prophesying about his future. He's talking about his future and what he's gonna do because he considers you a friend. He wants that friendship with you. Then he goes on to say in verse 14, you, here's a key here. This is how we walk in friendship with the Lord. This is really key. You show that you are my intimate friends. Intimate friends, when you obey all that I command you, do we walk in obedience to the Lord? That increases the depth of our friendship with him. He goes on to say, I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. That's another thing. We obey his commands. We hear his voice. And he confides in us just like we confide in people we consider to be a friend. He's going to tell us his secrets is what he's saying. So there needs to be a trust level there. And a proof of trust comes through the obedience. How does he know he can trust you? You walk in obedience to all he commands you. That's a reflection of your love for him, and it shows him he can trust you. Then he begins to pour his secrets into you through that open door of obedience. Because a master doesn't confide in his servants, and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends. This is Jesus speaking. I call you my most int- intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. Everything. That's so powerful. And it's so key here. He's telling his friends, he's willing to lay down his life for his friends. They're not quite grasping what's going on here. And interestingly, the Arabic word for friends, actually translates out to family, relatives, there's a connection there that shouldn't be so easily broken. You know, like family, when we disagree with one another, we don't cut each other off from being family. But I've seen it in friendship where there's disagreement, where there's a a different viewpoint, There's not just a, let's agree to disagree on this and remain and grow in friendship. There's a, I have to completely pull away from you because I don't agree with you. God sure doesn't do that to us. When he's not in agreement, when he sees maybe some disobedience, now he may not reveal all of his secrets to us, but he doesn't pull his love and friendship from us. He's our friend. We have to be presence seekers, we have to spend time with Jesus by reading the word. That's one of the ways you spend time with him. You can't go sit down and have a cup of coffee with him face to face like you can an earthly friend, but you can sit down with a cup of coffee and get in his word and be spending time with him. You can put worship music on and get into his presence and just spend time with him. Ask him, share your heart with him. Then ask him, share your heart with me, Lord. What's on your heart today? Have you ever asked God that? What's on your heart today? That's what a true friend does. A true friend is not about the things. A true friend is about time. A true friend is about fellowship. A true friend is about, how can I help you today? Instead of just dumping all your stuff on them, why don't you ask them? Like with my kids, I love when they say to me, like when they became teenagers and even now as adults, when they check in on me and randomly just wanna know, how are you, mom? How is everything? How was your day? Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? That blesses my heart more than anything else. It's the same with God. It's the same with Jesus. What's on your heart? What's on your heart today, Jesus? How can I help you? Imagine, let's start asking them that. What can I do for you today? What can I do for you today, Lord? Just walking and talking with him. Like a friend. We don't have to make it so formal. How do you know your friendship with the Lord is growing? You understand more about him. You know more of his ways. You can almost already see this is how he's going to respond. This is how he's going to move. Just like in friendship. You know, I have some close friends. I can almost call it, how they're gonna handle a situation, how they're gonna respond in a situation. But also in friendship, your friends grow, they mature, they change. So you spend time with them so you continue to know. It's like the facets of God. You know, he's the same, yes, but he's also new every morning. So we have to daily be a presence seeker. Is his presence most important to you? You know, it's like um, the difference between being in the room with somebody, being in the room with somebody and being able to talk to them and see their emotions, see their body language, you're in their presence. It's not the same as texting someone or even FaceTime. Those aren't the same things. Now the texting can be totally misread. The FaceTime, you can see face to face, you can read, you know, expressions, that kind of thing, but it's still not the same as tangible presence. And I think sometimes we settle for the FaceTime with the Lord. We can communicate with him, but we're really not in his tangible presence. So are we growing in him? Do we understand him more each year? Do we feel his prompting, his stirring, his directing and respond in a positive way? Just like we would a friend. Because when he's tugging at our heart, it's because he has a need. I I want you to do this. I'm tugging at you to do this. And there's always purpose in it. Now when we have a friend that has a need, if we can meet that need, we meet it just out of the pure friendship. So we have to be a presence seeker. And I want to um, I want to read uh, a scripture because when I think of true depth friends of God, you know, the first one that comes to mind is Moses and he was a presence seeker. <clears throat> and so if you go to Exodus, uh thirty three Moses wanted to see the people face to face. We know that, right? And in exodus thirty three the Lord's telling Moses, Leave this place, you and the people that you brought brought up out of Egypt and go to the land I promised you. And this is I will give it to your descendants, and I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, etc, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. This is the interesting part, but I will not go with you (laughs) because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine someone talking to you like that, a friend of yours, somebody you have a relationship with, but Moses doesn't even flinch. He's like, no, I'm not going without you. No, I'm not doing it. So... We're here, and so the people that stresses the people out, of course, the Lord told Moses to tell him, but see, he didn't have he had a friendship with Moses, he didn't have a friendship with the people because they didn't want to pay the same price Moses paid. They're like, "No, you go talk to God, and you come down and tell us what god said i I don't want to pursue all that i don't want to I don't want to pay the price friendship is a price, you know." I mean, friendship is sacrificial. We have an earthly friendship. There's a price to it. And it's a sacrificing of self at times because of the love for the other person. So it's the same with the Lord. Friendship with the Lord is sacrificial. There's a price to be paid because of our love for the Lord and desiring, wanting to know him more. It's sacrificial. So Moses goes into the tent, right? Right. Because the the Israelites were horrified that God said he might destroy them along the way. And so Moses goes to his tent of me, the tent of meeting. And when Moses would go down in verse eight, when Moses would go to the tent, all the people would stand at the entrances of their own tent, but they wouldn't step out of their place. That's a whole nother message. But Moses would go out of his tent and go up to the tent of the meeting. The, the, the people wouldn't do that. Now in reverence, they would step out of their tents and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. But they did not want to take that step and go in the tent themselves. And so Moses would go into the tent and a pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. And the people, while they saw the pillar of cloud standing there, would stand in worship, each at the entrance to their own tent. But they still never took the step to go deeper with the Lord themselves. And so the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as in verse 11, as one speaks to a friend face to face as one speaks to a friend, and then Moses would return to the camp. And so Moses basically goes back into the tent and he's telling the Lord, you have told me to lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. And you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your way, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. He's basically, <clears throat> excuse me, telling God, I've got to have your presence with me. I'm not going without you. Verse 15, he says that if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. That's powerful. That's powerful. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Don't miss that. It's God's presence, his friendship, that distinguishes us from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord says to Moses, I'm at verse 17. I will do the very thing you have asked me because I am pleased with you. And I know you by name because we are friends because we are friends. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And that, that goes on. I don't have time basically right now to get into that. But <clears throat> they spent time together. They were friends because of that. Abraham was called a friend of God because he had a great faith, a great belief and trust in all that God said. Like Abraham, can he trust you? Are you reliable to him, so to speak? Abraham was a friend of God in James 2.23. He says that. just really quick. James 2, 23. So in this way, the scripture was fulfilled because Abraham believed God, his faith was exchanged for God's righteousness. So he became known as the lover of God. So now it's clear that a person is seen as righteous in God's eyes, not merely by faith alone, but also by his works, by believing, making that exchange with God, saying, I trust you. Other translations say instead of a lover of God, a friend of God, but they're saying the same thing, a deep, intimate relationship with God. Abraham had because of his faith. We have to be reliable. He has to trust us. We have faith and belief in him. And just really quick, because I'm out of time here, Revelation 3.20, Jesus is knocking on our door and he's saying, I wanna come in. I wanna sup with you. In other words, I want to sit down at your table and have fellowship with you because I want to be your friend. Our portion is open the door, invite him in, spend time with him. That's how we become greater friends with God. BFFs is to ultimately, the bottom line is to be a present seeker, to pursue him and to also open the door when he's knocking. And then we can say, this is my friend, God. And God will say, this is my friend, Linda.